0: Today we're going to start a new series, um, still on the foundation principles, the elementary principles of the doctrine of of Christ, Um, but we're starting on the series of the resurrection of the dead. And uh, just to reinforce uh, the um, reason as to why we do this particular series of teachings is because it is essential for every single believer to have a full understanding of these doctrines as taught to us in uh, the book of Hebrews, uh, chapters 5 and 6. And I'm going to read the two passages of Scripture, and then we'll get into the teaching on this particular doctrine itself. And so the Scripture in Hebrews 5, verse 12 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. So this is what we're going through now these are the very first principles of the oracles of God. These are the, the doctrines that every single uh, New Testament believer. When they come into the kingdom of God, they should be taught these doctrines and have a full understanding of these doctrines. And he goes on to say, and you've come to need milk and not solid food. So this is the milk of God's word. This is not the solid food of God's word. Verse 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And then in Hebrews chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation. Now these are the foundation doctrines that he's been dealing with up until now by telling the church in, in, in Jerusalem that uh, these doctrines uh, are the foundation doctrines that every baby believer should have a clear understanding of. It says not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, first one, second one of faith toward God, third the doctrine of baptisms, of laying of hands, the fourth of resurrection of the dead, the fifth and of eternal judgment. And so there are six foundational doctrines that uh, Christians should have a, f- a full understanding of. And they should not be um, in any kind of doubt as to what the Bible says on these particular doctrines. And we're dealing with the fifth out of those six doctrines today, which is the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead. And even if we are mature believers and we are mature in Christ, um, when you partake of, uh, in, in the natural, because he's talking about the milk of God's word and the solid food of God's word, Um, In the natural, when we um, eat natural food for our earthly bodies, we eat solid food even when we mature, but we also partake of milk as part of our our natural diet. And so when we come into the kingdom of God and we become mature in Christ, it is not uh, incorrect for a mature believer to revisit these doctrines and to just uh, partake of them again. For the milk of God's word is good for us, just as as the solid food of God, God's word is good for us as well. And so we touch on, we're doing with the doctrine now of resurrection of the dead. And because the the doctrine is uh, relating to the resurrection of the dead, we're going to have, first we're going to have a look at what death means, um, physical death that is. What physical death means to uh, Christians specifically, to the believer. Um, What does it mean for us when we die? Because the doctrine is the resurrection of the dead. And that we, as we'll go through the doctrine, you'll have a clear understanding of it. Resurrection of the dead means uh, to be physically raised from the dead. When our Lord was on the earth, uh, he made two comments straight after each other. He said, he who believes in me shall never die. Um, And then he went on to say well we, we kind am of, paraphrasing but the lord kind of said those who hear me and believe in me uh they will never die he was talking about spiritual death they, they would be uh, given spirit, eternal life and they would never die and then he went on to say all those in the graves will hear my voice and they will uh, be raised from the dead and so there he was talking about a physical resurrection that would take place um in the saints And so we, although we um, have been born again and our spirits have been made alive in God, in Christ Jesus, our Lord, each one of us are going to die. Unless the Lord returns uh, before that time, each one of us will die. There are a select uh, group of saints who will never taste physical death. Those saints are the ones who will be residing on the earth at the time that our Lord Jesus returns to the earth. And we'll look at that uh, when we get closer to the time in the in the series of teachings. Um, they won't experience experience physical death. But the rest of us, um, if the Lord tarries, will experience physical death. And uh, it is from physical death that we will be raised again at the resurrection of the dead. And so it's important for us as believers to have an understanding of what physical death really entails. Um, so that we you know we're not fearful of the event we, because it's going to happen uh you know all of us are going to these these bodies are not immortal they're mortal and they're going to pass on and uh, the scripture talks about physical death with regards to the saints as falling asleep in jesus um, it never talks about the unbelievers when they die as falling asleep it always talks about them just dying um, but when the saints fall asleep, the Bible refers to our death, physical death now, specifically in the term of of falling asleep. And uh, we'll have a look at why the scripture actually terms it that way, uh, just so we have more insight as to what it means when the, the Christian dies. So let's have a look at some scriptures along this line, and then we'll comment on the, on the scriptures uh, that we read. Um, the first scripture we'll have a look at it, is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 6. Um, Paul writing to the church at Corinth, and he says, So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body, and to be present with the Lord. And then we're looking at uh, Philippians chapter 1, uh, verse 21. For to me, to live is Christ again. This is Paul now writing to the church at Philippi. And he's uh, he's making a decision. Um, he's actually in Rome at the time when he writes this, this letter. And... Uh, He has the option. Let me read it and then I'll comment on it. He says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in this flesh, in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor, yet what I shall choose I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Let me just go back to to, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let me comment on that particular scripture first. And then we'll come back to uh, Paul's comment. Uh, Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, he says, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. And then in verse 8, he says, we're confident, yes, rather well pleased to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. So Paul is saying he was going to be in one of two places at any given time. He would either be present with the Lord or he would be present in his body, his physical body. Now, the Bible talks about... um, uh, man be made up primarily of two main parts, the inner man and the outer man, the inward man and the outward man. The outward man is our physical bodies that we dwell in, and that includes the organ of our brain. Um, The inward man is made up primarily of our spirits and our souls. And so when Paul said that he was going to either be uh, present in the body or um, absent from the body and present with the Lord, he's talking about his spirit and his soul. For the the, the it is our, our physical bodies that are mortal, and our physical bodies, the the outward man is the is the part of man that perishes. It is not an uh, immortal creation of God. It was never designed to live for all immortal, uh, for all eternity. This this body, God never designed it that way. Um, I know that when Adam and Eve was in the Garden of of, uh, Eden uh, they could partake of the fruit of, of, of the tree of life and if they had their bodies would then never have died and it was one of the reasons why God had to take them out of the garden because after they had partaken of the Fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, um, God did not want the physical bodies then to continue living forever, and so He removed them from the tree of life so that they couldn't, their physical bodies couldn't take on immortality, and so these bodies are designed; they they they're made from dust. Adam was created from dust, and they return to dust. When we die, when, I, when we physically die, what happens when the, the Christian dies is that the spirit and the soul leaves the body and the body without the spirit is dead. Remember, James said in, in scripture that uh, as as faith without, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. And so the, the body needs the spirit to be on the inside of it in order for it to have life. And then Now, when we're talking about the spirit of man, we're talking about believers and, and unbelievers alike. Uh, the, these physical bodies can only live if there is a spirit living inside them, uh, because it is the spirit of man that gives life to the mortal body. Once the spirit of man departs from the body, the body just drops down to the ground. It now becomes uh, a physical body. Uh, matter and it dissolves and becomes dust once again it has no life in and of itself it, it needs the spirit in order to, for it to have life and so when paul said for um while we are at home in the body we are absent from the lord he's saying my spirit is now at home in my body but while it's here in my body my spirit um, i'm absent from the lord And the reason that Paul said that was because the Lord is dwelling in heaven currently. The Lord is seated at the right hand of the Father. Now the Lord does dwell in our hearts by His Holy Spirit. And so we are one spirit with the Lord. And so we actually are in the presence of the Lord at all times. The Scripture tells us that we have been raised together with Christ and we are seated together with Him in the heavenly places. And so... In the spirit realm, we kind of in—it's kind of things of the the spirit are very hard for us to understand in the natural, very difficult to explain in the natural, um, because there's no distance in in the spirit realm, and so it is that is why it is quite—it's possible, and it is that's how it is that my spirit is here on the earth, but at the same time. I'm one spirit with the Lord I'm with Christ it's seated at the right hand of the Father right now. And so because there's no distance in the spirit that's exactly where it is how it operates but nevertheless there is that aspect to it whereby um I walk on this earth And my spirit walks inside this body. Now, Paul says, I've got a choice now. I can either be in this body or I can leave this body, be absent from my body and be present with the Lord. And so the the scripture very plainly teaches us that the the Christian, when they depart from their body, they are uh, instantaneously present with the Lord. For he says that. Um, Yet we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And you must understand, when Paul makes those comments, and he also says that um, in in Philippians 23, he says, For I'm hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Now, the reason Paul can say that is because Paul had been taken up into heaven at least on two occasions that we know about. Uh, the one, one occasion the Lord took him into paradise, and the other occasion the Lord took Paul up into the third heaven. And so Paul had been given first-hand account of what heaven actually is like, what, what it is actually like to be present with the Lord. And uh, Paul says it, he says, it's far better to be present with the Lord than to be here on, in, in the body. And so, but, but the point is, is that Paul was very clear about the fact that when a Christian dies physically, and when these bodies expire, um, at that instant, their spirit and their soul, the inner man, leaves the body and is now present with the Lord, uh, and the body then just turns to dust. So... Either he, and Paul was saying, either I would be present with the Lord, or I'll be present in my body, or absent um, from the Lord and present in my body, or present in my body absent from the Lord. That, that that's the, the the option given to the Christian by and large. Now in Philippians, when Paul um, makes the comment to the church at Philippi, I said to you that um, he was he was in Rome at the time. He was now um, he's actually. Facing execution, but he wasn't executed at this time because he chose to carry on living. Um, But look at who's making the decision as to what was going to happen to him. Let's read it again. It says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Obviously, Paul recognizes that if he was to physically die now, he would be in an absolute... He'd been in heaven, okay? And heaven is far better, and, and being with the Lord is far better than being on this on this planet. He says, but if I live on in the flesh, so he's talking about still himself, his spirit, who is the real person, the real Paul. If I live on in this flesh, in this body, this will mean fruit from my, uh, from my labor. Uh, yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. And so he's saying, if, as long as I'm dwelling in this body, what is happening is I am... Um, harvesting fruit for eternity because Paul is ministering into the, into the lives of, of, of the saints and by doing so, he is um, receiving fruit for eternity. Every time Paul does, you know, remember our Lord said, whatever you would do uh, in, for the Lord, you're going to be rewarded. And so whatever we do, and that falls under the doctrine of of eternal judgment, but whatever we do, we will be rewarded from uh, the Lord on that day. And so Paul says, you know, if I stay down here uh, longer in the flesh, I'm going to be receiving more fruit from my labor. He says, but I'm still in two minds as to what I actually should choose. He said, but what I shall choose, I cannot tell. I haven't made up my mind just yet. For I'm hard pressed between the two having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. And so Paul was the one who's making the decision as to whether he was going to stay on the planet and carry on working for the Lord or whether he was going to say, "Okay, Lord, I've done it. I've done the work you've given me to do, and I'm now ready to come to you. And then the Lord would have taken him home. The Lord would have taken him to be with him. And, but it was Paul's decision. And you carry on reading in the book of Philippians, Paul says, but because it's gonna be beneficial to you guys and I stick around a, b- a bit longer, I've decided I'm gonna stay. And so Paul did stay and he stayed for quite a number of years after that and ministered to the church and the Lord was, and the church is still blessed uh, with uh, the writings of Paul. Um, but again, it was Paul's decision as to whether he was gonna stay on the earth or whether he was gonna to depart to be with Christ. But again, Paul also said, because it, it, it's, a, it's a tough decision that he had to make because heaven is such a beautiful place to be. To be in the presence of the Lord is such a... An, uh, um, it is far better than anything that this world has to offer, the best that this world has to offer. I'm not talking about now Christians who go through um, life being persecuted and uh, or, or go through tribulations and things like that. I'm talking about people, and even Christians, I suppose, who are truly blessed of God. They have they have everything. Everything that this life can offer to them, they have. They have every need met. They have all of their heart's desires given to them. All of that is no comparison to being with, in the presence of the Lord. Um, and Paul could testify to that because, as I say, the scripture does tell us that God took him up to heaven twice on two occasions. There might have been more, but we know about two occasions. And so Paul could speak from first hand. And uh, that is why he could say, to depart and be with Christ is far better. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13, the scripture says, but again, Paul speaking to the church at the Thessalonica, and he says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. And here he uses the term fallen asleep lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Uh, for we, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. And so it's in this letter, in uh, the Thessalonian letter, and there are other passages of Scripture that speak about the saints falling asleep, but that we see uh, Paul talking about the saints falling asleep. And so it's our physical bodies that actually fall asleep um, because the physical bodies become dust. The physical bodies, uh, you know, no longer have uh, life in them. But our spirits and our souls together depart to be with Christ. The spirit and the soul are inseparable. Well, that's not true. The spirit and the soul are able to be separated, but only by the word of God. Um, For in the book of Hebrews, the scripture reveals to us, that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword able to divide even the soul and the marrow and the spirit and the soul and so it is only the word of God that can divide the spirit and the soul because God has created the spirit and the soul to to dwell uh, to be completely linked in and uh, they will never be separated unless God chooses to and he 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 won't do that because that's not how he's designed them so when a man dies, their spirit leaves, but the soul goes with, the soul being the, 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 your, your mind, your consciousness, your understanding. Now, when the, when the soul leaves the body, um, we have perfect knowledge. At that time, the Bible talks about that perfect will have come. The moment that we leave this life to be with Jesus, all the saints in heaven have perfect knowledge. Uh, they, they no longer know in part. It's only in this life that we know in part. But when we leave this life to be with the Lord, the perfect will have come. Uh, not our perfect bodies, our, our resurrected bodies, that is still futuristic. That will only take place at the resurrection of the dead. However, the soul, the, the mind of man, um, born again man, is made perfect at, at in that instant they have then perfect knowledge the perfect has come that scripture teaches us that and so um, these these spirits the spirit who, who we really are and our souls dwell inside these temporary structures for the, these bodies that we dwell in now are temporary structures the Bible talks about them refers to them as tents a tent is a temporary dwelling place it's not a, a fixed permanent dwelling place. Our resurrected bodies are laid up in heaven for us um, and they are, that's our permanent dwelling place. But we will only receive our resurrected bodies at the resurrection of the dead, not when we die to be with Christ. When we die to be with Christ, we are spirits and we have our souls, but we no longer have a a tent to dwell in. We no longer have a, a, a permanent dwelling to dwell in, which is our bodies spirits need a a dwelling in order to to uh, live on the earth and so it's the spirit of the man and the in the soul of the man that leaves the body behind um, to be with the Lord Jesus Christ and so when a Christian dies the Bible talks about us falling asleep Eternity, as, as there's no distance in eternity, because we can be here in on the earth, but also seated with Christ at exactly the same time. So there's no distance in eternity, and Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, and Christ is also dwelling inside my spirit. There's no distance in eternity. There's also no time in eternity. Um, eternity is outside of time, or you could say time is outside of eternity, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, That is why the scripture says, uh, with God, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. He's not saying that, okay, a day equals a thousand years, and people have tried to work it out mathematically, uh, all sorts of things in the Bible, but that's not what God is trying to say to us at all. He's just trying to tell us that in eternity there is no time. Um, Because what to us is a thousand years, to God, you know, it's just that it's just an instant that can't pass. and vice versa you know to us what is an instant in God's mind is a long time um, because there's no et- there's no time in eternity and so as I said it's very difficult to explain uh, spiritual things in on these subjects on this particular type of subject because we are so carnal in our thinking we're finite in our thinking how we, we think about spiritual things in relation to natural surrounding, in relation to our experience of time, of, of distance. And um, so when we talk in spiritual uh, connotations of no time, no distance, the mind battles to grasp these truths because it's not something that the mind has ever been exposed to. However, there is no distance in the spirit and there's also no time in the spirit. So, Abel, for argument's sake, has been in heaven for over six thousand years, um, because Cain killed Abel, and Abel is resting in heaven and has been there for six thousand years. But that six thousand years is as an, you know, just a, a an afternoon, kind of, in his consciousness, in his uh, experience of eternity. For us, there's been a whole lot of stuff that's gone on for the last 6,000 years on the earth. But for him, you know, he's been in the presence of God for 6,000 years. But it's not; it hasn't been 6,000 years for him. So he's not going to, you know, he doesn't think, gee, Lord, I've been here a long time. I've been here 6,000 years. It's as if he's just in the presence of God. And that's what eternity is really all about, time-wise. And by the way, Cain... Uh, his brother has been in hell for that's a similar period of time because remember Cain killed Abel and the Bible talks about the fact that Cain was of the evil one and so Cain is uh, waiting for his judgment he's in hell um, and he's been suffering torment for that same period of time that his brother has been resting in heaven and so we put off our earthly tents when we die when when, when Christians die we, we just put off these tents And we go to be with the Lord. And we go to be with the Lord instantaneously. We can do that because under the new covenant, we're born again. And our spirits are free from all sin. There is no sin in heaven. I know you get some weird people out there that still think that there's sin in heaven. There's no sin in heaven. There's no sin in in the presence of God. And under the old covenant, the saints who died could not go to, uh, to heaven. So they couldn't make the statement that Paul made to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That never happened to the old covenant saints. You go to look at all the scriptures that talk about when they passed away, when they, their bodies expired. The, the Bible talks about the fact that they were gathered up to be with um, their fathers and to be with their people. Um, and our Lord specifically called the place Where the old covenant saints went to He called it, referred to it as Abraham's bosom Now it might have other names To it, it might have had other But the Lord called it Abraham's bosom And that place was Placed, that was Located under the earth It wasn't in heaven Um, When the sorceress um, Or the medium Raised Samuel the prophet from the dead For Saul He came up from the earth Um, because that's where he was and if you remember the Lord's account is that um, there was a great gulf fixed between Hades where all the unbelievers go now that is at the center of the earth and that is they stay in there and that's where they are Um, but this place called Abraham's bosom was also under the earth but it wasn't in Hades it was alongside of hades kind of and there was a great gulf fixed between the two places our lord said and the the the, the two could see each other the saints uh, could see those who were being tormented in hades and those in hades could see the saints um, but they couldn't cross over there was no way to, for them to cross over between uh, the, the two locations but nevertheless that's where the old testament saints went when they died Um, because they couldn't be absent from the body and present with the Lord, because their spirits were still spiritually dead. And uh, being spiritually dead, there was sin in their spirits, and so they could not dwell in the presence of God. So what happened is the Bible talks about the fact when our Lord was raised from the dead, He went into that place and he preached the gospel to them and they were thus saved. And when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he took them up into heaven with him for the very first time. And now the Old Testament saints are dwelling in heaven uh, because that is where they, they... gone with our lord he's he's taken him up there all the new testament saints when we die we don't go to abraham's bosom anymore abraham's bosom has been emptied it no longer has anybody dwelling in there and when we die we go absent from the body and present with the lord we go straight to heaven Uh, because we can because we've been born again and our spirits are perfect before god and clean and free from all sin and so that's the difference between the death of the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints. Um, in the, Just the location that the saints went to. Now, I don't know what Abraham's bosom was like. It was a place of comfort for Lazarus. Our Lord said he had been comforted uh, where he was. Um, so it must probably was similar to heaven, but it wasn't heaven. Um, but now the saints currently are residing in heaven. The saints who have died. residing in heaven now we'll have a look at what the scripture uh, tells us about heaven but the scripture doesn't give us too much detail about heaven Um, and the reason for that is very simple it's because the Bible is written to us to man it is not written to angelic beings it's not written to anyone else except to, to mankind and God never designed man to live in heaven Man's um, destiny is to live on earth. That is where God has designed man to live. And so if you look at the scriptures, the scriptures are very detailed on what God's new earth looks like and what the new Jerusalem looks like. Um, But it gives us very little information about what heaven looks like, purely because heaven is not our real home. Heaven is like a stopover point for the saints Um, until the Lord returns. For when our Lord returns, all the saints will return with him. Let's go back to the Thessalonians again. Paul talking about that. He says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Now, the others who have no hope are the unbelievers. And that's why they sorrow, because they have no hope, because the person who they have loved, who's died, has gone to Hades, and there's no hope for them, and they are destined for eternal punishment. Uh, in verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. And so when our Lord returns to the earth, all the saints residing in heaven today will return with him. And so heaven will be emptied of saints. They will no longer dwell in heaven. Um, Even the new Jerusalem, which God is is creating for us, will descend out of heaven and will be placed on the new earth that God will create. And so mankind will never live in heaven. That is not where God has intended us to live. God has always intended us to live on the earth, this current earth and the new earth that he will create and even in the new heavenly jerusalem the new jerusalem will be based on the earth and so that is where our dwelling place will be and that is why scripture is quite um there's a lot of scripture that describes um, the new jerusalem and god's new earth but very little scripture is given to us describing what heaven is like now i know there's been uh, volumes of books that have been written what heaven is like but uh there's just very little in scripture there's very little given to us in the bible about what heaven is like but we will now glean because we do have to go there well it sounds kind of like a punishment isn't it but that's not true <laughs> it's a great place to go Paul said I'd much rather be there you know really I'm, I'm taking straight on I really don't know whether I should carry on staying here or go be with the Lord because I've been there guys so it's a good place to be um but it's, it's, it's a, a temporary stopover because when we leave these, temp, these earthly tents that we dwell in now and we are depart to be with Christ um, and we are now dwelling in heaven, we're still there for only a very short interim period because when our Lord returns to the earth, we will return with him and we'll never go back to heaven again. God has not designed us to be there. God has designed us to be here. Well, not here because this earth is going to pass away as well. God has designed us to dwell on his new earth that he is going to create. He's going to create new heavens as well. Um, and the angels will continue to dwell in heaven because that is their their realm. But our realm is the earth. And so that is why God doesn't really give us too much detail on what heaven is like. And as I said, it's a, it's a brief interlude. Uh, departing from these tents, these earthly bodies, to be with Christ until we come back to the earth. Now, don't forget, when we come back to the earth, we come in and we then pick up our new resurrected bodies the eternal dwellings that god has uh, laid up in heaven for us um don't get caught up on this and then think okay because god laid it up in heaven when i go to heaven i'm going to put it on no we only put on our eternal dwellings uh when we come back to the earth with the lord and we'll have a look at that in more detail as we look at the resurrection of the dead. but we so we discussed kind of now what it means when the christian dies It's this physical body that that dies, the the real man, the inner man, which is made up of our spirit and our soul, leaves the body instantly, and instantaneously we are in the presence of the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So where our Lord Jesus is, that is where we will be. Um, So what is it like in heaven? So let's see what the scriptures do tell us about heaven, and uh, we'll try and pick up some gleaning of what it's like in heaven uh, for the saints who are there currently and for us who are going to depart from these bodies in in whatever time the lord still has for us on this earth to be in heaven with the rest of the saints who are there already and so we'll pick up with the first scripture uh, that we'll look at is in daniel chapter 12 uh, verse 13. Um, give you some background here Uh, Gabriel the angel has appeared to Daniel and has given him a powerful vision Um, Daniel had a a whole bunch of powerful visions given to him by God and this is the end of the vision given to Daniel Um, he doesn't get any more visions of and Daniel's quite old at this stage I think Daniel's in his 90s by the time he gets to eat this last vision and so his time is drawing to a close on the earth as well Um, and so Gabriel now gives him some input as to what's going to happen to him and eternity wise as well and this is what Gabriel says to Daniel he says but you talking about Daniel go your way till the end for you shall rest now very important we're going to look at the thread of scripture coming through here um, talking of what 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 God says about heaven I'm not talking about what volumes of books are being written about it let's see what God says and here's. God's angel, Gabriel, who dwells, who stands in the presence of God. And he he certainly knows what it's it's all about. He says, for you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. Okay, so what is Gabriel saying to Daniel here? He says, go your way till the end for you shall rest. Translated means Daniel's going to die. All right. And when he dies, Gabriel terms it as being resting. For you shall rest okay remember paul said this, uh, those who have fallen asleep in christ so when you fall asleep you're taking rest you you're resting up you're not you don't go to bed and fall asleep and you know you you kind of do a whole lot of work while you're sleeping in bed um in the natural when you when somebody's sleeping that's it their bodies are immobile or they, they, they're kind of twitching it as a dream but they're not baking cakes and they're not uh, writing month-end reports and they're not uh, preaching to thousands of people and all that while they're sleeping they're resting the body is resting the mind is resting and the spirit doesn't ever rest so we'll get to that point later but that's what rest really means and so when the saint falls asleep it's the same thing They they rest and gabriel says to daniel he says you're going to rest You're going to rest. And what will happen is you will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. He's talking about the resurrection of the dead. And so Daniel would arise at the resurrection of the dead. Now, what would he arise to? He would arise to his inheritance. And so, and that inheritance, that that arising and his inheritance would only take place at the end of the days. And so Daniel was not going to be leaving the, his body and entering into his inheritance. Uh, there's a lot of uh, weird teachings out there that when you go to heaven, you, 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 you receive your inheritance from God. That's not true. We do not receive our inheritance when we're absent from the body and present with the Lord. We go to the Lord to rest. The the saints in heaven are currently resting. At the resurrection of the just, at the, at the regeneration, of, uh, at the end of days, that is when we will rise, we will get our new bodies, and that is when we will receive our inheritance. For why is that? Because it is only at that time that the Christians will be judged. And it is only as a result of our judgment that we will receive our inheritance from the Lord. For it's because of our, our, our judgment that will determine what our inheritance will be. And our judgment only takes place at the resurrection of the just. And the resurrection of the just only takes place at the end of the age when our Lord returns to the earth. And so saints who die now do not enter into their inheritance. They don't receive their inheritance. They don't even catch a glimpse of what their inheritance is going to be like because God has not yet judged them. And so only after we are judged does the lord say here is your inheritance well done good and faithful servant doesn't do it before the time and so a lot of weird teachings are out there that you know people have received their their thrones and the inheritance and all that and that's garbage that's not the bible at all anyway that was daniel so daniel's resting in heaven right now and he's um we'll have a look at what rest in heaven is like but he's resting and he, he knows that he's going to arise at, to his inheritance. So he has an inheritance laid up in store for him. And the Bible teaches us that we have our inheritance laid up in store for us in heaven. Um, but he, he has not yet received his inheritance. And Daniel died, what are we, about 4,000 years ago? Um, no, maybe three. So he has not yet received his inheritance, for he will only receive his inheritance when he rises at the end of days. Okay, that's Daniel. Then let's have a look at what our Lord described heaven is like. And this is not heaven, but it's a similar type of place as heaven. We're talking about Abraham's bosom. And our Lord said in Luke 16, verse 25, But Abraham said, Son, Abraham's now talking to that rich uh, uh, guy that's in hell. He said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. So people in hell today are being tormented. They have been reserved in hell for judgment, but while they're there, they're not having a, a, a good time. They're having a torrid time. And so the, he, uh, all who are in hell today are being tormented. All who are in heaven today are being comforted. So Daniel's resting in heaven. Gabriel told him, that's what you're gonna be doing. And Lazarus is being comforted in heaven. Um, that's the picture we see there then we have a look at another account given to us in the book of revelation revelation chapter 6 beginning at verse 9 scripture says when he opened the fifth seal this is now lord jesus is opening the, se- the seven seals um, of the the scroll that was in the father's hand <clears throat> john is now narrating he says i saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain For the word of god and for the testimony which they held and they cried with a loud voice saying how long O lord holy and true until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth then a white robe was given to each of them and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer just a little while longer now think about that a little while longer Look at how heaven reviews uh, the period of time. Abel's in that crowd. Because these are... Okay, let me just finish that and I'll comment. Sorry, I jumped ahead of myself. It says, rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. And so this is the description. John sees the martyrs of the Lord, all those who have died for their testimony of Jesus and for their walk of righteousness. They've been killed because they walked a righteous life. So they haven't died of old age. They haven't died of an accident, but they've been martyred. And so all the martyrs of the Lord dwell under the altar of God. That is where they are physically housed in heaven. They're not, they're kept separate from the rest of the saints of God. They're not, they they, they don't uh, have contact with the rest of the saints of God. Now, the reason for that is, well, we can surmise why the reason for that is because they, they are destined for tremendous blessing from God. Because God views the death of his saints with, with uh, a, a, an absolute um, love and, 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 and passion for them. And so they are going to be rewarded. Remember, our Lord said, you know, great is your reward in heaven if people just revile you and persecute you because you belong to me. Um, how much more the death of his saints. Their reward in heaven is is phenomenal. And so God places them, they are currently all, all of them, dwelling under the altar of God. They're not standing in the presence of God. They're not worshipping before the throne of God. They're under the altar. Um, that is where God has housed them. Now, we it just shows you how how vast heaven is and how we have no understanding. We can't get our minds around this concept of just how all, how space and time work in. because here we have millions, I would imagine, over the centuries of believers who have been martyred for the Lord, dwelling under the altar of God. And that's where they dwell. But, um, and no description of what it's like there, because the Bible doesn't tell us that. But what the Bible does tell us is one of the comments it makes, it says, and it was said to them that that they should rest. So we do know that they're resting because the scripture says they should rest a little while longer, meaning they've been resting up till now. And the scripture says they should rest, carry on resting a little while longer. Remember, Daniel? Daniel, you shall rest and you shall arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. These are resting. Now again, the comment I wanted to make was that Abel's in this crown because Abel was killed for righteousness by Cain. And so he's a martyr of the Lord. And yet the scripture talks about the fact that the, uh, heaven views the, his period of time being there as being just a little while. For he says, You're gonna re- you need to rest for just a little while longer. Um, at the time that John gets this revelation, Abel's been there 4,000 years. And heaven says, just a little while. And you need to be here for just a little, little while longer. 2,000 years have expired since that comment was made to Abel. And so eternity is different. Eternity view, doesn't view time like we do. And so we mustn't get hung up on this this time thing, because outside of time, eternity dwells, and eternity is outside of time. Um, now something else that happened here is that these saints were given their white robes at this time. Now why could that, they were, in other words, they hadn't yet been given their white robes. Um, now why was that? Because the blood of the Lamb had not yet washed their robes in his, in, in, in his blood and made them white. But now that Jesus had appeared in heaven, and remember John saw Jesus as the Lamb of God, as though he was slain. And uh, so Jesus had now offered up his, the, the perfect sacrifice of himself to God, presented his blood before the throne. His offering, his sacrifice was accepted. And so now the saints' cloaks, uh, robes, could be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And so now they could put on their uh, white robes for the very first time. They couldn't do it before because the, uh, Jesus' blood had not yet been shed. Now it had been shed, and so that each one of those saints received there are uh, white robes. Now, also, these saints went there. Well, don't want to quote. So the, the point that Scripture reveals to us about heaven here is that these saints are resting. They're not running around doing sort, all sorts of things. They're not uh, in shopping malls. They're not um, on merry-go-rounds. They're not making movies. They're not doing that kind of stuff. They're resting. And it's for a little while. And so you know it's like taking an afternoon stroll in the park, and six thousand years later they're still taking an afternoon stroll in the park because it's an afternoon in heaven, six thousand years have passed down here, but up there it's an afternoon that's all it is it's not there's no time in eternity let's have another look at another scripture, and these are all the scriptures that we can pick up as to what heaven's like there's There's nothing else in the Bible that you can go find what heaven's like. People pick up what what the new earth is going to be like and what heavenly Jerusalem is going to be like. And they say, okay, well, that's what heaven's like. But no, that's not this description of heaven at all. That is a description of the new earth. That's a description of the heaven, of the new Jerusalem. But it's not a description of heaven. But anyway, let's have a look at Revelation 14, verse 13. And uh, um, this is... God speaking, or the Holy Spirit, or the Lord Jesus, I don't know, John's narrating what he hears. He says, then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. And so here we get another picture. The saints that die in the Lord, and that's all of us now who die before our Lord returns. We, um, the Bible says, we rest from our labors and our works will follow us. Now, why does the scripture say our works will follow us? Because it is our works that will be judged on that day. And our our works will only be judged at the regeneration, when the resurrection of the dead takes place. That is when our Lord will enter into judgment with his saints. And that is when our works will follow us. And an important concept, I know we're not talking about eternal judgment here, but an important concept that we need to understand is that the works of Paul have not yet ended. Paul's gone home to be with the Lord and he's resting in heaven today. But his works are not yet ended because his works that he are, are the, part of his works that he did are the letters that he wrote to the church. And those letters are still being read today by the saints on, on the earth today. And the, the saints on the earth today are still being blessed. He is still building with silver, gold, and precious stones into our hearts for all eternity. And so, you know, and that's just Paul. I mean, Peter's there, John's there, all of the, the Old Testament prophets are there. Um, there's so much that the saints who are resting in heaven, their works that are, they've done on the earth and have left behind on the earth are continuing to re- re- reap fruit for eternal life. Um, and so their works haven't ended. And the final tally has not yet been made. The final tally will only be made when the resurrection of the just takes place because then all of the saints will have now come into the kingdom of God. And so no more building takes place into the lives of the saints. There's no more building with all the gold and precious stones that can take place. And so that is the final tally that will then take place. And that is when each of us now will stand before the Lord on that day and we will, our works will be judged. What does the scripture say? It says, um, and their works follow them. So our works will follow us on that day and we will then be held to account for that which we've done in the Lord Jesus. But each one of us, when we go to be with the Lord, we go to rest with our Lord. We go to rest from our labors. So again, you have people who say they've been to heaven and all the saints are busy praying and all that. And that's also not true because we rest from our labors. Part of the labors that we do on here on the earth is prayer. Uh, the Bible talks about that we labor in prayer. And so that is part of the laboring that we do here on the earth. But once we leave this, this, this life to be with the Lord, we rest. We, we stop laboring. Now is the time for us to take our walk in the park that afternoon with the Lord Jesus. And just enjoy the surroundings of heaven. Um, and again, as I say, heaven is not really described to us it must be a beautiful place Paul would not have said listen guys I'd much rather be there than down here um, but nevertheless even Paul who'd been there um, he doesn't give us a description of what heaven's like John gives us a description of what the throne room is like that we see um, God reveals that to us but what heaven is like because okay, I'm jumping ahead of myself but the saints are not in the throne room of God. You say, what about the, the martyrs? They're under the altar. They are not before the throne of God. They're not worshipping before the throne of God as the angels are currently. That is not happening right now because um, I'm jumping ahead of myself. I'm not going to get into that part of it just now. But the, the saints are resting in heaven. That is what they're being exposed to. Um, it's 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 a blissful place to be, and it's an afternoon in the park. It's about as easy as, as I can try and explain it to you. That six thousand years in their and their experience, has been just an afternoon. It hasn't been a long period of time at all, um, and that's where they are. And they're in a, 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 a kind of a surrounding. Remember. Uh, Paul was taken to two locations he was taken to paradise and he was taken to the third heaven now the reason the lord took him to both places is because the saints are in in either both places or one of the two places um so they're either in the third heaven or they're in paradise Um, the bible talks about remember when our lord said to the guy that was going to die on the cross with him and he said lord remember me in your kingdom and our lord said today you will be with me in paradise So it seems that the saints are in paradise. And heaven is described as paradise. Um, Paradise is is a beautiful place. Um, But it is not described to us in Scripture. We don't really have a, a full description of what paradise really is like. And so we have to look at certain other aspects in Scripture to try and get an understanding. And, you know, we shouldn't really get overly caught up in it because, I mean, as I say, Heaven is not our final destination, it's not where we're destined to be. Heaven is our resting place. Heaven is where we as the saints of God will fall asleep and be in the presence of the Lord Jesus um, until such a time as as God the Father says, okay, now it's time, now you go back to the earth. And we all then will come back to the earth with our Lord Jesus. And so, in order for us to get a, just a, a, a bit more understanding about what heaven is like for the saints, we need to also understand something else about the saints who are in heaven today, and that is, they do not have physical bodies. Let's have a look at some scriptures along this line. Luke chapter twenty-four, 4, verse thirty-nine. This is our Lord appearing to the saints when after He had been raised from the dead. And he says, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. Now listen to this. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Now our Lord Jesus has received his resurrected body. He, has, he is the first fruits of those risen from the dead. And so when our Lord was raised from the dead, he was raised from the dead in his resurrected bodies. In his resurrected bodies, right? we will are destined to receive our resurrected bodies and our resurrected bodies will be in exactly the same likeness as his body is today. That's the body we're going to get. All right. But the point that I wanted to make here from this point of scripture is that Jesus is saying that the spirit, because remember our spirits depart from our bodies to be present with the Lord. And our Lord says our spirit, the spirit doesn't have a body. It doesn't have flesh and bones such as our Lord currently has and that's correct the the spirit of man doesn't have a body it either dwells inside this body which is the temporary tent we dwell in now or it will dwell within the eternal body the resurrected body that will be given to us but in the interim between the time that we leave these temporary bodies when we die physically and be with Christ until such a time as we enter into our resurrected bodies our spirits do not have any body That's kind of a weird statement, but there's no no physical body that the Spirit dwells in. The saints in heaven do not have a physical body that they dwell in. All right, very important that we understand that concept, because it just gives us a better understanding of what heaven's really like for the saints today. Another scripture we can have a look at is in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 40. Paul talking about, because the guys were asking about, well, you know, how do the the saints rise from the dead? What kind of bodies do they have? And so Paul is answering the question along that uh, line. And in verse 40, he says, there are celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. And so the two bodies that Paul describes in that passage of scripture are the earthly bodies that we dwell in now, believers and unbelievers alike. And Paul calls them terrestrial bodies. Now, these are the bodies that, that, that are the dust, okay, which are alive because our spirits dwell within them. And then the celestial bodies that Paul refers to here are the angelic bodies. For angels have physical bodies. Their bodies are celestial. They are, although they are spirits, we also are spirits. But we dwell inside our bodies, which are terrestrial at this time. We will dwell inside our resurrected spiritual bodies. We're going to, oh, let's just have a look at it in 1 Corinthians 15:44. Paul talking about the resurrected now, the resurrected body. He says it is sown a natural body; it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body, and so. Paul calls these terrestrial bodies also a natural body. That's the body that we dwell in now. And so the natural body is sown into the ground when we die and it becomes dust. It's like any seed that is sown into the ground. And he says it is raised a spiritual body. So our resurrected bodies, the body that our Lord Jesus has now, is a spiritual body. And that is the bodies that we will inherit on the day that we are raised from the dead. But between the time that we leave our natural bodies and inherit our spiritual bodies, we have no body. There's no physical body that the spirit of man dwells in who has gone to be with the Lord. However, angels have uh, celestial bodies. So they have physical bodies. Their bodies are celestial. Their bodies have tremendous uh, power. Pretty similar. What our bodies will have our resurrected bodies will have be similar in that their bodies can appear, disappear, go through walls, um, whereas we can't. We try and go through a wall we can hit them, come and hit and come bouncing back. But our resurrected bodies will be exactly like that. Remember our Lord when He appeared, He disappeared. He ate food, He disappeared. Even though He eaten physical food amongst them, He, he threw through, through walls. There's no limitation to the resurrected body. Just as there's no limitation to the celestial bodies that angels currently reside in. So why did we need to know that? Why do we need to know that the saints who are in heaven today do not have any physical bodies that they dwell in? Well, because we need to understand what their requirements, what they need in heaven. They do not need physical food. uh, The saints in heaven do not need to uh, have three meals a day. They don't need to have any meals a day because their spirits do not eat physical food. If our, if our spirits need physical nourishment, then they would need physical nourishment here on the earth. And they do not need, we don't feed our spirits with any kind of physical nourishment. Now, no, we partake of the word of God and the word of God is nourishment to our spirits and that's true. And when we be in heaven, we'll hear the word of God. Jesus himself will be speaking to us. And so we will partake, our spirits will be fed in that manner. Um, But uh, people say, well, what about the the tree of life, which uh, the fruit are on? And surely we partake of the tree of life. The tree of life is only available to the saints at the resurrection of the dead and we're going to get through all of that teaching and that fruit that is available will only be available to those who have been who have resurrected bodies because it's the resurrected body that will need to partake of the fruit of the tree of life our spirits do not need to partake of the fruit of the tree of life and i I don't want to go in any kind of depth there but the point is your spirit doesn't need to be fed anything here physically in order to survive and when it gets to heaven your spirit will not need to go to the local takeaway to you know, order a, a hamburger in order to be able to you know, carry on for the rest of the day. No. The spirit needs no nour- physical nourishment. Okay? That's one thing. The other thing is that the spirit never sleeps. Even on the earth, it is only our physical bodies and our physical brains that when we lie down bed on be- our beds at night, need to recover. They need to sleep. Um, because otherwise you don't sleep, your, your body's going to expire very quickly and your brain will just pack up. So it's our physical brains and our physical bodies that need sleep on this earth. Our spirits, when we, when we fall asleep on our beds now, our spirits never sleep. The spirit of man never sleeps. And when we get to heaven, we don't ever sleep. There's no So the spirit of man doesn't need beds to lie on when they get up to heaven. And so they don't need... Um, Mansions with rooms where there's uh, luxurious beds that we can go lie on and take a nap and then get up and go walk around. Not at all because the spirit of man never sleeps and it's only the spirit of man that will be there plus his soul which will then be have perfect knowledge but never sleeping again. And even when we come back to the earth to be with our Lord our resurrected bodies will never ever sleep. The Bible talks about the fact in the New Jerusalem, there's going to be no night there. The reason there's no night there is because we don't ever sleep. We'll never sleep ever again. Because our bodies, the resurrected bodies will not need sleep. And our spirits currently don't need sleep. The the, the spirit can't sleep. It's not created by God to sleep. Even the angels in in heaven... Don't sleep. Um, The Bible talks about the fact that the four living creatures around the throne of God never rest day and night, crying out, holy, holy, holy. So it isn't a case of, well, they take this, uh, two of the creatures take the the eight-hour shift, and they go off shift, and then the other two creatures come on board, and they take their shift, and, you know, that's how God is able to, uh, they can keep worshiping Him forever and ever without even taking a break, because, you know, one gets tired, so he goes and he has his lunch break and the other uh, one comes in. Not at all. They never rest, they never sleep because they don't need to. It's only in this life, this body. Uh, and she, again, we need to get our minds around eternity compared to this life. Two different realms, two different, two different, two different things. And so angels don't sleep. Angels do partake of food because they have physical bodies. And so that they do partake of the Bible talks about that the, uh, the Israelites ate, ate manna, which was angels' food, and the Bible wouldn't say it's angels' food, but it wasn't angels' food. And so angels do partake of physical nourishment because they have physical bodies, and our resurrected bodies will take partake of physical nourishment, and that will be the fruit of the tree of life. But spirits, no sleep, no food required, because. They, there's nothing physical about uh, their being they don't need anything like that and so they, they don't need physical structures to dwell in they don't need homes with big rooms and servants waiting on them and all that kind of stuff because they have no physical need there's nothing that they need even um, palaces of gold are not required for the spirit of man because the spirit of man doesn't have a body and so he doesn't need all of the stuff that we need down here in order to survive. Once our spirits leave, our spirits are in the presence of God. And we're going to carry on looking at what, uh, some more aspects of what heaven looks like. But again, as I say, there's very little in Scripture that shows us what heaven really looks like. Um, but what we've seen today so far is that when I die when when our spirits die we depart from these bodies to be present with the Lord that's an instant thing absent from the body body present with the Lord when I leave this body I enter rest I I stop laboring and my works will follow me and that day uh, at the resurrection that's when my works will be judged but I go to be present with the Lord I enter into rest I enter in to my afternoon walk in the park with the Lord Jesus and whoever else is up there, by the way. Um, I don't need now to, to go to the local uh, supermarket when I get to heaven to buy groceries for the week. Nothing like that. I don't need the angels to come and bring me uh, cupcakes because I get, I'm getting a bit peckish and I get nothing like that. Um, I don't need a place to go and lie down and fall to have an afternoon nap because my spirit doesn't sleep. All I'm entering into is a place of rest, and it's a place where there is no time. And so what to us is 6,000 years, to Abel is an afternoon in the park. And that is where we're going to end the teaching on today.